Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of Holding Court. Today, we'll talk with Dodgers team photographer John Suhu. He is a fourth generation Chinese American and Los Angeles native, an LA Marshall High School and USC grad. We'll hear all about his role in capturing some of the most iconic moments in LA sports. Boom. I am so excited to have Suhu on today. I was doing, I already know a lot about him, but researching, there is so much more that I didn't know about him. And I feel like we could actually probably have him on for 10 episodes. Yeah. So many layers, right? Like there's just, he's an onion. He's, he's just in the middle of everything that goes on LA sports. Like it, it seems like you flip through his photos and it's, he covers everything. He's everywhere. Yeah. It's like, he's got 15 cameras set up and he's just magically in the right place every time. Yeah. I really do look for him in moments when we're in the clubhouse after you guys clinch, I feel like I look, I'm like, Oh, we need a photo. And he's already there taking it. He's, he's just magic. And he's so good too. He's like, all right, you guys ready? And it's like point, click, perfect photo. Yeah. He doesn't give you, I mean, now, even though it's digital now, you don't get the, let me see. He doesn't want to show you, you know, you're always like, yeah. oh, let me see the photo. No, you just, he, he's got the shot. You know, he's got the shot and I love to call him Suhu slays. So all the girls now we just say, oh, we need to find Suhu for a slay. And he knows, he just know he's always there. It's omnipresent. Can you define Suhu slay for everyone, for the people? Just a really good photo that we're going to post and everyone's going to love. It's a Suhu slay. So it's social content, right? It's more than that because we obviously have the Suhu photo books. We have his pictures up in our house and we have his photos on our foundation website. He helps us so much with the foundation to be able to share with everyone what we're doing. So a Suhu slay is a lot of things. It's everything. Yeah, I mean... Thank you for that. I, I know what a Suhu Slay was, but I didn't know if anyone else <laughs> knew what you were oh. talking about by saying Suhu Slay. I hear Suhu Slay like three times a week. So I've missed my Suhu Slay. I know. It's going to be tough this year. I know. My social media is very quiet <laughs> <laughs> right now. I don't have any Suhu Slays. Oh, well, should we get him on the phone? Yeah, let's do it. Let's bring him on. All right. Here comes Johnny Suhu. Hi, John. Thanks for joining us. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I know I keep putting you in all these situations without your camera, so you probably feel out of place. <laughs> this one is definitely awkward. I'm getting used to doing them, though. Yeah, the more I sit in my apartment, it's just, uh, yeah, my, my camera is actually sitting right next to me, actually. Just in case you need to. <laughs> just in case. Well, that's why just I'm here, Johnny. I'm, I'm here to keep you uh, comfortable, you know, and, and <laughs> to have some familiarity. So. Yeah, well, that was that was an awesome wedding, guys. I have to tell you, but telling Courtney that like I'm, I've never lost my mind like that with like no date <laughs> and no camera at your wedding, and I was like, what am I supposed to do? That's funny that you <laughs> brought think- that up because that's the, actually the first thing we were going to ask you about is, you know, we talked about putting you in awkward situations and inviting you to the wedding, and the first thing you asked was, do you want me to shoot it? Should I bring my camera? And we were like, no, we want you to come and be a guest and enjoy yourself and have fun. And you didn't listen to us. You brought your camera anyway, didn't you? <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. Well, you know, first off, it was an honor to be invited to your wedding because, you know, out of all the years that I've been with the team, you're the first people that invited, team members that invited me to their wedding uh, as a guest to not shoot it. 
And so it, it was like, I was already confused enough as it is just by that point alone. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so to come, you know, to do, come, come to the wedding, you know, Cabo where I've never been before without bringing my camera anyway, was just like, you idiot, you better bring your damn camera. So now <laughs> it was, it was comfortable in the room, but it was like, I was losing my mind on that first night when you have the little, you know, the little beach, uh, gathering before i mean the end of the evening part that that uh the welcome dinner party, party. yeah yeah the welcome party i mean that would have been I, w- I was just like you know i would be just killing this right now the little group shots of everybody because <laughs> you know it, it's just what i do you know it's just part yeah. of my it's just my that's like my date my date's on my on a strap around my neck so yeah. it's like it, it would have been such a natural thing to do just to gather people together and you know I, I don't think I could have that much comfort in a regular wedding because I wouldn't really know anybody there. But like for your wedding, it's like, I know freaking everybody, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so this would have made sense to have every, you know, every kind of that part of it covered. And, uh, then I would have been in one of them. So you're saying it, so you're saying it's hard to turn it off, right? You're saying it, it's it, hard it, to it just. It really is because yeah, it's a part of the, part of the love. And this is not like a job. This is a, this is a life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a passion. I know. Well, obviously we loved having you there and I think it just speaks to, I, you really do become like family to people in the organization, I think. And everyone loves you. And I know the players always look forward to seeing you. I'm sure some of them dodge your camera when they see it, but I know everyone loves you. And and I never dodge his camera. No. Hey, 1985, everybody's dodging. 2020, (laughs) everybody's wanting a photograph so it goes on their stuff yeah <laughs> it makes you know plus it's not with a phone it's a real camera they're going to be in focus there's going to be resolution and so when y'all post it on socials it looks really good because it's, you know it's a real camera everyone wants to jam so. their gram with a suhu special it's content absolutely it's content. absolutely Content's hard to come by who's the biggest is, ham so. like throughout the years who is it justin um i don't know kiki is pretty good at that too oh um, yeah. yeah that's a good one you know and, and the key is, um, I mean, it's just the, out of, uh, to pose for the camera is one thing, but to look off and just know that my, the camera's on you and just like give a smile at something else, that always is better. Like the picture I just sent you of you with the bat on your shoulder at the cage. I mean, that's like, you're not looking at me, but I have a feeling you know I'm there. Oh, he <laughs> knew. You know? I well, always... yeah, that's, I mean, that's what it's all about. It's like that little kind of moment where it's like that, that could be like your, you know, when you run for office, that could be one of your photos. Well, you did take the photos that of him at what was it when you received your award downtown? I feel like those were like oh the- god, you guys look like the, the first couple, man. That, yeah, that was, that was like, I'm I'm ready to go to the White House with you guys when you're ready. So take me along. I'll be your uh, your Pete Souza. Hey, you're our first phone call for everything. You know that. All right. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, yeah. So becoming like family to people, obviously, another. I guess it kind of turned into another wedding but for Don Newcomb's 90th birthday it turned into a vow renewal and you were there to shoot it so you're always there I feel like in those moments in people's lives it, it's uh, an honor to be invited and you know you know any I do anything for Nuke I mean just uh, whatever he ever needed whatever he wanted I just know how he was you know I know his I saw his path uh, historically read it read about it and his journey is just so um, it's an awesome journey and to have uh, all y'all there for it was also, you know, incredible. Um, and I don't know, you know, how many people get that kind of love like that. Tell so. the tell the truth, Johnny. Did you know it was a vow renewal, or did you think it was just a birthday party? Um, I didn't even know it was. I did not know that what it was, and you know, 
being a fleet of foot and knowing how to shoot everything. It's just a matter of getting my camera in the right place at the right time. And, you know, Karen kind of gave me an idea what was going on. And so it was like, all right, it was still just another party as far as I'm concerned, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it was, that was a, that was a cool night. You actually took a photo of Court and I with AJ and Cindy Ellis. And it's one of our favorite photos. Um, it comes up all the time, one way or another, it always comes across something. So that's uh, great. I mean, that's what it's about is memories. Well, yeah. And that's what you do. That's, that's what's so amazing about your job is, you know, you go back and you look at any picture that you took in any point of time. And it just like instantly, you know, floods your mind with all these memories and all, everything that happened in that moment and, and leading up to that moment and after that moment. So I think that's, uh, I don't know, I guess I'm speaking for you here, but that's probably the cool, one of the coolest parts about your gig. Well, you know, I've shot so many pictures over the gazillions of years of, of doing this is that I don't necessarily remember what I've shot until I see the actual image that somebody puts up on there something. And even then, like I probably shot that fight you're talking about, but you know, I, I, I don't re necessarily remember until I actually see the photos that I took of it. Yeah. Um, so it's just a matter of just memory jarring. Can you tell so. your photo? Like if I were to show you two photos of a Dodger game, you know, which one is yours? Action wise, probably. Um, and then the, the grip and grin stuff that, you know, posing people together. I mean, nobody else really has that kind of, uh, you know, comfort level to ask people to take photos. I mean, uh -huh. I've always had that kind of ability since I watched, you know, Herbie Sharpton do it in, in, in Vero beach in the eighties. Um, he was the SI photographer and he get guys together from both teams and, and I learned from him just how to do that kind of thing. And so I could tell which ones are mine because of, you know, color. And then I also, you know, use a strobe and I, I still flash it. So, you're, you know, there's no shadows under the, the bill of the caps. There's always a nice, clean look to the people that are in it. So it's more memorable um, than a big old deep dark shadow uh, shooting in black and white with no flash. So That's how it looks uh, when I take it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would be able to pick yours and I would separate ours. <laughs> I would know which one's yeah, but I, could, but I could never, I, I could never host a podcast either. So, Hey, I can don't, teach you. Don't sell yourself short. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but speaking. Sponsor me, JT. Sponsor me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's go with it. But Jeez. you just referred to how comfortable you are with players and people and getting them together. And I want to talk a little bit about your relationship with Vince Scully because mm -hmm. I know you've said that he's your favorite subject and he's actually uh, brought you on some special journeys as well. So can you tell us a little bit about him? Yeah, it's uh, like I said, I started in 85. Uh, that was kind of like my first, like getting my feet wet into it. And then I met him along the way in Vero beach, Florida during spring trainings. Um, I, I sometimes got to go to his, his invite to his table, have breakfast with him or lunch or whatever. Then, you know, it really wasn't, you know, it was really just kind of a professional at that time. Just kind of like, you know, I was standoffish. So I didn't really know, you know, enough people to, you know, just sit on their table to, to have a meal, but they were all, he was always, you know, receptive and welcoming. And so um, he and his wife, Sandy would either have me over for, you know, lunch usually, or have me to the booth and just, you know, take some pictures there or whatever. But, you know, he, I just got to know him as a person and that has just carried on even or even closer now, you know, as time goes by, because, um, it's just, you know, friendships are friendships and trust is the other part of it. And 
he trusts me, uh, you know, enough to, to invite me over to, you know, do some stuff at his house, shoot some family photos. And then when he, during his last season, he and, you know, I kind of like asked him about, he was going to the White House to receive the Medal of Freedom. And I, I asked him along the way, I said, you know, it, it'd be kind of nice if you, you know, you wanted me to come along and, you know, cover this. I'd gladly do this because, you know, this was pretty historical. And then um, Ron Rosen gave the approval and, um, next thing you know, I was in the White House and, and shooting all these great recipients in, <laughs> in, in this West Wing or whatever this room was called. And it was just a phenomenal experience. And the photos I, I made from it were, was probably the most, uh, I was never more excited than at that point. Other than when I met Springsteen. That was probably, um, just oh, probably wow, the, the boss. most exciting. The boss, yeah. yeah the, boss, the boss is it, man. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you ever in your wildest dreams think that, you know, being a sports photographer was going to lead you into the White House? Um, well, first of all, I've never thought I'd be a sports photographer <laughs> to begin with. So the fact that I got, I've gotten this far and I've got, you know, World Series under my belt and um, I've, I've been, you know, NBA Finals, uh, Super Bowls and all these different events. Um, it, it's all just, I, I'm enjoying the entire journey and I never expected any of this. And, you know, when I went in 88, after we won it all, um, that was a diff- whole different kind of beast because it was on the White House on the the, the lawn. The, what was that lawn? The, the the front lawn. The lawn at the I guess I don't know what they call it, but I think it it's was just like the Reagan. White House lawn. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, so they presented Reagan with a a jersey, a Dodger jersey, and you know this is 1988, and so for some reason I ended up back at the. Uh, Reagan Museum, and then I see this jersey <laughs> encased in a display at his at his museum in Simi Valley, and I was like, "Holy cow! I've I've come full circle all the way around from when I you know in 1988 to you know 20 I think it was 2016 or when we, when I went, and it's just amazing how you know God is awesome. He's he's you know I fully I fully know I'm blessed because you know like I said out of the gate, there's no way I could have planned this out of school. There's no there's no photo major <laughs> there's no there's no sports but be a team photographer major you know so yeah, yeah it's been kind of a pay without any photography you know classes either to be honest with you well yeah you now that you mentioned that let's let's back this up a little bit because you know you said that you didn't know you were going to be a sports photographer how did you get into this career like what were your ambitions how did it start and then what led you to you know now being in my opinion the the most prolific sports photographer in all of Los Angeles world. Hang on. Well, my head, my head's swelling between my, my, my wireless beats here. So, but thank you for that. <laughs> We're not sponsored um, by beats, John, if you could oh, not you. mention that. No, I'm kidding. or maybe mention them more. Maybe we'll get something. Hey. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, um, it all started back in uh, the early seventies. My mom and dad had season tickets for USC football. And so, you know, SC was kind of like becoming really, you know, they were actually pretty good back in the early 70s. And so I'd go to like every home game with my mom and my dad and my uncle Taff. And I, we would sit above the big tunnel, which was kind of like tunnel, you know, stairway 11, which was kind of way up there. And we were kind of, you know, really tight in seats and the crowd was, it was always really crowded on, in, you know, because because the place was pretty packed. Mm-hmm. And so as the games get going on and it became more crowded and I looked down on the field, I said, you know, that, that looks kind of empty down there. How do you get down there? And so I just kind of planted that seed in the back of my head and, you know, didn't think any of it. Uh, went to high school. There was no, you know, photography classes or anything involving photography. So I just played basketball 
um, and ran track. And But my love of sports had always been there. So when I got to USC as a student, an undergrad, I um, decided to go to the um, Daily Trojan to see if there's any work available as, you know, photographer or whatever. And they hired me as a black and white um, darkroom intern. And so I was processing, printing everybody else's, some other shooters, um, their film from their game takes of, you know, everything on campus. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, it'd be pretty cool someday to get down on that field and, you know, maybe shoot a game here or there, whatever. So I think it was my second year into it. I became like a, a shooter, uh, an actual photographer for the staff. And my first game was USC, Tennessee. And I got to go down on the field. I walked down the big tunnel, which is just the most incredible thing on the planet, just to walk down that Coliseum tunnel, just to feel the aura of all the history that went through there. And then I shot that first game, got my first image printed um, in the Daily Trojan of uh, Keith Browner asking somebody. And um, from then I just knew, you know what, this is really freaking cool. I mean, this is what I really think I want to do, you know, forever. So I started doing my stuff with the Daily Trojan. I became the photo editor for them. I started shooting everything on campus, uh, everything except for baseball, which is funny because my college mates were Mark McGuire and Randy Johnson. And at the time, you know, I, didn't, I just thought football was the, was the shit and so was, you know, basketball. And not realizing that these two icons were like right at Heritage Hall, right in Dato Field playing baseball, every, you know, and yeah. I never shot any, <laughs> any one of their games. But who knew, man? <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know you were there. I didn't know you were there with Big Mac. Oh yeah, I hired. Uh, I actually hired J- uh, Randy Johnson because he's a, a he was a photographer at the time, and he came up to the Daily Trojan, and I hired him to be a, a, a contributing photographer for the Daily Trojan. And I didn't even know he played baseball. I mean, he's six ten. I thought was, he was there for basketball or whatever. So one of my first you know things with him was I, I signed him to shoot the last Who concert at the Coliseum. The last at the time was nineteen eighty like two or something like that. Or and so I gave him the credential to shoot it. He's all, you know, very ecstatic about it. And so next thing you know, he's pitching for Montreal Expos and was drafted by Montreal, pitching for them in West Palm Beach, Florida. And it didn't even dawn on me that he was there. I was sitting in our dugout um, and we were playing against the, the Expos at the time. And <laughs> he was on the mound. I, honestly, I didn't really recognize him at all because, you know, in spring training, everybody's got the uniform on. You can't, I, you know, I can't see that far anyway, but the mound of who's around the mound, I was kind of focusing on shooting who's in our dugout. And so he kept looking at our dugout, and I knew, I, I had to think he was looking at me. And then one of our players, Jose Gonzalez, was like, what are you looking at? What, what are you looking at? And I'm, 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 you know, I didn't realize Randy was looking at me in, the, <laughs> in our dugout, you know, just trying to like, get an acknowledgement or a hey or hi. And I never even saw him. I never saw that until it was like after the game. It was like, Holy cow, Randy Johnson just, uh, <laughs> I completely blew him off because I did see him. So that's, that's my Randy Johnson story. That's wild. But, and now, and now he's still shooting. He's still, he's still oh, a photographer. He's, he's, oh yeah. He calls me all the time and, you know, asks me about, cause he's, you know, he's of course got every kind of camera gear out there, but he goes out and gets it. I mean, he goes to Africa, goes on the safaris, brings out a big old 600 millimeter lens and he shoots some amazing images and is, is, uh, between that and his rock and roll imagery is just, you know, phenomenal. I was going to so say, yeah, I remember a long way. I've seen him in the rock and roll concerts, like, you know, getting down in there, like on sets and in the little pits, getting photographies. Oh. Like I, I had no idea that you, you hired him for his first photography gig at USC. That's yep. amazing. I didn't know that. The I, met him, I met him at a Billy Joel concert at Dodger stadium yeah. a couple years ago. He doesn't need your, 
No, he was just sitting and enjoying. But in the, he in is sweet, right? Yeah, he is a big guy. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I remember he was sitting in the suite the whole time, and obviously I knew he was super tall. But when he stood up, I was like, "Oh man, just he doesn't need the extension if you were doing like your." aerial shot on the field like he could just hold yeah. it up right yeah. <laughs> you can tell it's him that's for sure yeah but i tell you it, it's so funny because throughout his career i mean I, I obviously got to know about him more as i became more cognizant of life in baseball other than my own personal life but i you know i got got to talk to see the mariner games or uh, when he played the angels or when i went to the you know diamondbacks and so i always kind of kind of kept in touch with him and you know all my all my um encounters them were you know friendly because we're, we're just you know we're friends and so it was no big deal but when i had other photographers come with me he's such an ass i can't believe he did that he's such a you know xyz i'm like i've never had that experience so whatever's your experience is your experience and i appreciate that but you know as far as i'm concerned you know he's just one of my friends you know so shut the <laughs> shut up yeah you know? that's amazing that's amazing because you're, you're talking about one of the most feared left-handed pitchers of all time right like just giant on the mound throwing a hundred from the left side nobody wanted to face him and then you know you get to hear about this completely other side of him his you know artistic side his viewpoints through a camera lens and uh the creativity uh that he has in his mind and and the fact that that relationship with you guys started at sc in a you know at a newspaper hiring him for a job and then you know you end up shooting him in the major leagues and then now he's back, you know, enjoying his photography life. That's that's crazy. Well, that's... the best part is that he's so passionate about it. I mean, he's not just, you know, half-assed getting into it and buying a camera and, you know, just, you know, having it as a trophy. It's, he actually uses it for the purpose of making some beautiful images. And he could I, – I could, I could see him having his own gallery in a heartbeat of just, you know – he could be the Peter Lick of, you know, Arizona for all I know. I don't even Peter Lick is in every <laughs> casino in Vegas, every, uh, every little shopping area in Vegas. He's got his images everywhere. I think Randy could do that too with his stuff. Yeah, for sure. I, well, if, if we ever decide to have him as a guest on here, we're going to go through you, Johnny, since apparently all right. you're the only guy he likes. <laughs> but, but let's switch gears back a little bit and, and get back to you. Um, you know, you talked about your love for football and not even really uh, being aware of baseball on the campus at USC and Dado Field and the fact that you had two mega superstars uh, at the time <laughs> with you. But can you <laughs> can you talk a little bit about the difference in shooting like a football game and a baseball game? Because I feel like there's probably a pretty significant difference between where you have to be and the anticipation and, and seeing plays kind of develop. The I well shooting from a, a a game photographer perspective, not as a team photographer, because it's kind of a different beast because there's so many different responsibilities. But when you have a hundred yards of field that you can just run up and down the sidelines or camp in the end zone, go where you want, you have complete freedom to move about wherever you want. And it's I mean other obviously between the twenties you can't go because that's where the teams are and that's kind of off limits. Um but um as far as you know, being free and, you know, getting away from other people. I mean, for top baseball photography, you got, you're kind of pinned into a well and you see us in, a, in the dugout on both sides or, you know, but I obviously have the freedom. I have the freedom to move around because I'm the team guy, but on a normal game day basis, you're kind of stuck in one spot. And so when the team you know, on a football field, when, a, when, a, when the plague is going to go, you know, to the other end zone, you can go to the other end zone and get it coming, you know, get it coming to you. But in baseball, you're kind of just stuck. 
in wherever that spot is that either you're, you're assigned or that's where you know you decide to go. And the focus is just kind of primarily on the infield for whatever might be going on. But football just has a different flavor because you're you know you're not restricted, and that freedom is is very. Um, it's a lot easier to shoot when you have that kind of freedom. I don't know how restricted you really are at our games. I see you floating all over the place. Oh, no. See, that's because I'm a team photographer. But, like, if you put an AP photographer, LA Times, or, or like, with UPI, when I shoot for, for UPI for sport, uh, the other sports, I mean, you, you get one spot. You know, that's, you don't, there's no movement. <laughs> oh, I so got you. I got that's, you. That's pretty much uh, – I move everywhere just because I have that kind of love and, you know, because I'm a team guy. So um, that's just a different beast. But the other restrictions of, of regular, you know, sports photojournalists are kind of stuck in their one position. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, you know, all these moments that you've had and never in a million years thinking that you would be doing something. Did you ever think that you would be throwing out the first pitch at Dodger Stadium? Um, I, I never thought that would have ever happened. And when it, when it did in 2010, it was, it was really cool because, you know, I have uh, I have a huge family, and you know, my mom and dad were both alive at the time, so it was very uh, it was pretty cool um, to have everybody there that night. So that was to celebrate your 25 years uh, yeah. as the team photographer. It was Ten years ago, ten years ago. So if my math's correct, that means you're at 35 years this year. Yeah, man, and that's not even an LA Unified School District. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I was LA Unified School District, John. <laughs> Bancroft Middle School. Bancroft proud. Middle School, okay? Oh, wow. That is local. Holy cow. Yeah, believe who, it. Who caught your first pitch? Joe Torrey. Oh, wow. The man came out for me. And he, you know what really sucked was that my... <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm not like, you know, Joe idiot never played any kind of sports before I've played sports before, but I'm, you know, I never played baseball, nor have I stepped on a mound. So when I was inside the dugout with Joe. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to use this glove. And he shows me this little, little round thing about the size of where the size of his hand, nothing larger, <laughs> no real target. So I'm thinking, Oh, here we go. I got no chance of hitting this target now. And then, Add that my whole family was there, about thirty members or so, and they're surrounding, kind of like behind Joe. I'm thinking, I'm going to kill somebody now because I, you know, I throw hard. I just don't know where it's going to go. So it's <laughs> so. Of course, I go left. You know, it hits my my uh, my nephew's uh, girlfriend at the time. Um, it's like, and I was like, oh, there we go. But he went back, got the ball, and he threw it back out to me. He said, throw another one. So he gave me a second chance, and of course, I got it right over the plate at that point. So, so. you were you were the original Fifty Cent. <laughs> <laughs> and, well you know that sucks because he was uh you know, my, my little nephew's girlfriend was like right next to joe i'm like there's no chance i'm gonna kill somebody back there <laughs> <laughs> wow they really put the pressure on you well you know uh, when b- before uh the time of the sort of era ended i got to play catch with um i was gonna warm up mark Cressy, the the uh bullpen coach at the time and uh he was at the at the kind of like on like where you stand for you where you're throwing it to whoever is uh, catching for you. Yeah. And I was standing like by the uh, first base uh, coach's box, and so I'm you know I'm trying to hit his glove, hitting his glove. I'm going to find find a group of people to start walking behind him. Mm-hmm. You know, so like the fans that are coming on the field. I'm like, oh god, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so I gave myself the yips and I overthrew him and it hit somebody behind them. I'm like, 
shit. Here we go. This is why I, I am in the lane I am. I, I take pictures. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> and that, I dare throw a ball. That's how I feel when I'm on a golf course, Johnny. I like if I'm playing <laughs> golf and there's no one there, it's like okay, whatever, no problem. Like I've never played in like a pro am or anything with like a gallery, but like I would be like pooping down my leg <laughs> if if the tee box was lined with people because I for sure would just hook something right into someone and well don't yeah. you always have the crew around you when you do the first drive at our golf tournament i feel like you always have Sportsnet. yeah but John, they're behind but they're behind me they're not like in a gallery down the, the box, right like exactly, so exactly. you see like these people lined up in front of you and it can either be really good or really bad it gives you kind of like the tunnel vision so you have like your lane that you want to hit the ball down or i'm just gonna duck hook one and <laughs> Hit well, it off, right off so some com- guy's com- head. Com- golf is very frustrating because as a as a sports photographer trying to cover golf, you want the guys facing you. So so I mean we're assuming that you know the when you go shoot the Tiger Woods and when he's up on the tee that you could go down the sides because he's not going to hit you because it's going to go five million miles beyond you. Yeah. But you know when you go to the pro ams and you get guys that you don't know who they are whether they can hit or not. <laughs> I feel we don't trust any of the guys in your golf tournaments. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so I just stay behind too. But you know, you know, the reason why I quit golf is because of that very frustration of what the game is. I mean, the safest place to be on a golf course when I'm playing is the hole, because I'm never going to hit it in it. So it's just, uh, <laughs> it's just better for me not to play. So I quit playing the game completely. You and me so. both. You and me both. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen it, Johnny. It's not good. <laughs> You do fine. Jeez. <laughs> well, thinking about where you want to be in that positioning, I've read so much of you talking about for Clayton's no hitter, you know, the spot you wanted to be. And actually, I think uh, your sons were working that game for blueprints. And I read that you told them to kind of start getting in position in the fifth inning. I feel like, is that every time there's a no hitter or did you just have some special feeling that night that there was going to be well, some magic? when I, when I'm by myself, we usually have another shooter there, whether it was at the time Joe Weissleder or Juan Ocampo. Um, but this game, you know, I, we didn't need as heavily. We didn't have as big a pregame. There was no ownership coming, so it was kind of like not as heavily staffed as like I normally do. So when it started becoming evident that this might be possible in the fifth inning when my sons were probably were, were done with their, their, their day, you know, their job with blueprints, mm-hmm. I, you know, recruited both of them and put them both in spots around the stadium, one, one on the field level. Uh, Tanner uh, on the left field side and uh, and my other son Dalton on the lows level with a longer lens just aimed at, at Clayton and so I just put them in place and I said you know if this comes down to it you know it's going to come out hard but you can't you can't watch you have to make sure you're <laughs> focused and pull the trigger because yeah. you know it's pretty awesome I mean this, <laughs> this is historical stuff so yeah. He, uh, I, I got, I, you know, Dalton, my, my, my older son was like, Oh yeah, I got it. Dad, I got it. I got it. So last out happens. Clayton puts his arms up and I'm looking at my son's take. And I was like, all right, what happened, son? I froze down. <laughs> he missed, like, his arms going up and, you know, he starts shooting after that. But I mean, he, he got what, you know, the hugs after, which was fine. But it's like, I told, you know, these kids think they know it all. So they're like telling me, Oh, I got it, dad. I got it, dad. And then he, freaking missed it you and had of course, one job you, know, this, you had one job to do it was one moment and you, you messed it up. and so this, to this day i let him know this every time he i, I talked to him about it so but it's really cool because this photo did the, the 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 photo that um there's a big plaque on 
Clayton's wallet or pouch of, you know, a collage of images along with the plate and the mound and whatever. It has all three of our pictures in it. And so after we did that NFL draft party that day at his house, I, I you know, texted my kids right after. And it was so cool <laughs> to tell amazing. them, hey, you know, not only did you see a no-hitter, you shot it, and it's now in the picture who threw it house on his wall <laughs> so and both know, your and both your sons are there to share it with you to shoot with you absolutely. like that's that's amazing yeah. that's such a cool experience i, I think. wish and my oldest son my i have three sons and the oldest one you know didn't work the blueprint so he wasn't a part of that so yeah. it would have been nice to have pj there too but it is what it is and so the you know the, going back to that that no hitter part of it where i was positioned to get that scoreboard um in the background of you know clayton on the mound and his arm was going up i mean the vision I had was, you know, that happening, but the pitch before the last pitch was a foul ball that went back towards, um, um, Bobby Patton in the owner's, you know, seats right there near the on deck circle. Mm -hmm. And if AJ catches that ball over by that gate, there's no picture. (laughs) I have a picture of of, uh, Clayton running towards, you know, that foul territory to go get that ball. And I mean, it's just, you know, it could have easily not have been, but, uh, the, again, that's another you know moment from God that allowed that to happen because it worked out perfectly. There's a nice smile from you know from Clayton. You know, see Vigor in the background and he's smiling and it is just a just a cool, awesome moment. But you know, if it's called over by first, you know, like I said, by <laughs> by Bobby Patton, uh, then I you know there's no picture. Yeah, that's so. amazing. That's amazing because I actually have a piece of art, I guess, in my office, and it's of Sandy Koufax and one of his no hitters. And he signed the ticket, and the picture is him on the mound with the scoreboard in the background. So uh, that's a pretty iconic Dodger picture to, you know, have Sandy with the background of the uh, the scoreboard in the background and Clayton with the background. I mean, you're talking about two of the best left-handed pitchers of all time in the same organization and essentially having kind of the same photo. I don't don't know if you've seen the photo that I'm talking about, Johnny. Oh, absolutely. It's Neil Neil for... Uh, was that 65? Was that the, I'm not sure which, what year it was, but I've seen it before, and it it has to be either Neil Leifer or Walter Yost if it's in, during the World Series, or was that not during the World Series? He's actually going to check right now. He's left the oh, mic. Oh, that's cheating. Le- <laughs> <laughs> that's cheating. Google. He's re- yeah, he's, he's going beyond Google. Do we have a year? <laughs> Come on. 62. Yeah, no, I, I uh, that was. Uh, you didn't I'm shoot sure that I one, did you? <laughs> I, I, you know, I was just coming out of the old mama at the time, and I don't think that was in my cards at that point. But <laughs> copying it was definitely in my vision when I, you know, lined that up because Fernando threw a no hitter too, and I lined that up beforehand also. But I shot that in the eighth inning when he was pitching, and the, the scoreboard was in the background. Because yeah. I ran, I once the game was over, I had to run out. I ran out to to Fernando, so. Hang on a second, the helicopter goes by. (laughs) Are you ever, like, I feel like I've seen you on suite level or walking around. I'm always like, oh, my gosh, what if you missed something? Like, I I guess you're always on your way to a different spot, but is there ever that fear that you're going to miss a moment? Or Well, I I rarely go when I have uh, nobody helping me. But when I have the Juan or Jill shooting down below at the first base side of, you know, next to the uh, on-deck circle of the other team, then I have a better chance of walking around and roaming. So I know I'm covered, but it's just whether I can come up with some sort of something that's different from, um, from a different part of the ballpark. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've made a lot of friends along the way with a lot of, you know, a lot of followers and, you know, people like, you know, 
seeing me and, you know, shaking their hand or whatever, taking pictures of me. But during the game, it's like, I, 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 I never try to be rude, but it's like, I got to get to this spot or I'm going to miss something, you know? And usually, you know, I can either, if, if I'm too busy asking, then I'm going to miss it. Man, so you have the best to excuse be... to end a conversation. <laughs> like, I got to go shoot something. Well, a lot of mine <laughs> <laughs> well, mind hanging out, you know, but it's, yeah. it's not hanging out time, you know? I don't really have that extra luxury of knowing who I just ran by, but you know, I'm waving as I, as I go by, I say, I'll be back, you know, that kind of thing. But they only have two minutes to get from one end to the other. So. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the in-between moments and how those are your favorite. And I think those are obviously a lot of people's favorites. Those are probably the ones that the guys love to share more on social media, the, the moments in the clubhouse, you know, before the game. Oh, and behind everyone, the scenes? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The moments, you know, before the game, after the game where everyone's just kind of being themselves. I know those are the favorites, but I saw something about the 2015, I think it was the old timers game, uh, Sandy and Clayton as that being one of your favorite pictures. And that was kind of, obviously you're on your way to take a photo of them. That's going to be posed. Right. And that yeah. the journey there. The, the whole, yeah. It was incredible. That, that whole, that whole part was pretty, uh, not funny, but it was kind of like I had gone to Clayton, you know, as I asked him, you know, kind of cool it's nice to be here on um, you know saturday for the all-timers game i said you know what you guys he's gonna be in uniform do you want you know i don't know if how many times he's gonna be in uniform but you know do you want to you know take, maybe take a picture of them down in the boat in the in the in the stadium where you both guys in uniform and he, he said yeah that'd be a great idea so i went to sandy with it and i said hey sandy you know clayton you know kind of was hoping to get a picture of you in uniform when you're here on saturday do you want to take a picture with clayton <laughs> so i kind of worried it properly and you know they both agreed to do it and then um <laughs> It was uh, just a magical moment of me um, being able to walk with them down the you know back hallway to get through the bullpen because I was going to do it just outside the bullpen gate in left field, um, and so that was my my vision of doing it. And so I start you know walking down with them, and it was uh, just about halfway through as I was, as I was leading the walk, I just stopped and said, "You idiot! Turn around and look! There's these these." these these gods are walking down the freaking hallway here and they're in uniform. It looks, you know, and it worked out really nicely because um, that is easily, you know, my favorite photo iconically of my entire time here because it has, you know, Sandy and Clayton just talking, nothing, nothing crazy, nothing posed, nothing cheesy. I mean, the actual photo I took in the bullpen was, they don't want to go out into the left field to take the photo. So I took it in the bullpen, their fans behind waving. It's like, you know, it was, it was pretty, not, not as uh, photo not such a good photo compared to what I got in the hallway. And uh, to this day, I'm going to go to my grave. That's going to be my, my all-time favorite picture of, you know, any kind of moment just because it was, it was no one else was going to get that moment. I mean, I caused that photo to begin with because I was the one who made that kind of photo happen, you know. So the, the fact that I, my hands were all over it was just, you know, it was, it was just a special moment for me. Yeah, I know what you were doing there. You were You were setting up you know, Hey, let's go take this photo in the bullpen, but that you didn't care about the picture in the bullpen. You, you knew the, well, whole, once I got the picture you knew the whole time you the wanted the money the shot in the hallway. <laughs> you knew what you were doing. Yeah, I always know what I'm doing. I it's know. all calculated. It's all calculated. You've gotten really like good at walking backwards. <laughs> I feel like. Well, it's always fine until somebody's behind you, and, you know, lower bridging me. My buddy, uh, my, my late friend, Jerry Walker, he was a Baltimore Oriole photographer and Somebody set his ass up and he was, you know, backpelling, backpelling to cover Eddie Murray walking out with somebody, somebody, and somebody just got behind him. It was probably, I think it was a TV camera guy going low 
and he didn't, you know, warn anybody. And the TV guys, camera, TV camera guys, just you know, they're on their own world. They don't give a shit. So uh, he just kind of stood. He just like kind of crunched down to get that low angle, and Jerry was right behind him, and he just fell backwards. And Eddie Murray's laughing his ass off. I said, you know what? I am. If that ever happens to me, I'm done. I'm not going to do this ever again. I was <laughs> so going to say, I've been, I've been blessed to stay aware and you know play my basketball skills of peripheral vision. You know, kind of knowing what's going on around me. I just I always keep that in mind when I start backpedaling anywhere. So. God forbid it happens, you know, sooner or later. But it's, it, you know, I've been doing the best to keep that from happening now. You, you opened a little can there. Have there, have there been oh, any injuries? You know, have, have, you, have there been any injuries? You know, falling oh, over someone, foul, ball. foul balls in the nope. little foul well. Balls, foul balls for sure. You know that Wrigley Field. You know everything's a little snuggier. You know, the old Wrigley Field setup where the tables are like right next to, we're right next to the third base coach essentially, yeah. our first base coach on both sides. So. It was Wilson Guerrero was up at the plate, and um, I think I had like maybe the third spot down, and I was actually not that far. I was actually pretty closer to the third base coach than I was actually the home plate, but still, it came like a missile and knocked the hood off my uh, the front of my four hundred two eight at the time. The, the ball's bouncing off the wall, my lens lens hood's flying all over the place. And I hear these kids like, "Give us the ball, give me the damn ball." I said, "Hold on a fucking second, let me get my freaking camera together first, okay?" <laughs> 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 it was probably somebody your age at that time, probably in 1980, something, probably about your age. Oh so, man, was that you? No, it wasn't me. I, I was not at any Cubs <laughs> not games. Really, I was not, not really at any feel, Cubs okay. games, and Court one neither. She was at White Sox games. So. I was definitely not there. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's good All to know right. you've avoided the DL, the the ten day. Yeah. Well, I've, I've done what I can, you know, and you know it's gonna take a lot for me. Other than sprained ankles when I play basketball, I'll, I'll still make it to a game that you know try to, to shoot from. So. Yeah. That's when you stay in one spot the whole time. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, really limited. Right. I'm <laughs> limited to this well for this whole game. I get restless. I think that's the same casting in me that has to be moving at all times. I am the same way. So I, I, you'll very rarely see me in one spot for a whole game because I just can't stand it. I'm, I'm going to lose. I have to move. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then I'm going to get a little bit more serious with you right now. Uh, you have a portrait that you did that – I know you said the Sandy and Clayton uh, is going to be your favorite of all time, but this one has to be up there. And, uh, you know, you were selected to do a portrait of Kobe Bryant to be on the cover of the ESPN tribute issue, right? They used your, they used your photo. How, I mean, that had to mm-hmm. have been, that had to have been, I mean, that probably gave you the chills, right? Like knowing that. Well, now it really does now because it, obviously he's passed away and he's had a wonderful career. But at the time it's 1990, what, six or so. It's not his first year. It's his second year, first day of tra- training training camp, and it's at L.A. Southwest College. And it was originally, I was assigned to it by Inside Sport Magazine, the late Inside Sport Magazine. And uh, Dave DeRochick, who was the photo editor, said, hey, you know, why don't we, I was thinking about this concept. Why don't you lay Kobe down on, you know, have him on the ground looking up and you light it kind of this way. And so I think, you know, I didn't think anything of it. It's, just another, it's another portrait shoot that I've done um, on film before digital obviously um but it's just a different you know perspective on how to shoot something so i like i got my the, the lighting i bought it i got a strip light um hangover and like literally like maybe a few feet above him and so he was laid down to put his head behind the ball uh, on top of the ball and kind of i filled in with another light just to my left just filling in where the ball is and that one strip light just lit him perfectly and it was uh, shot on medium format, 
you know, spy film, which was at the time just like, it was, it was pretty exciting just because the image was just beautiful. And so the significance of Kobe, yeah, I understood, you know, well, you know, I shot magic the whole year, all the years he played. I shot, you know, out of house and doing Christmas card, family pictures and blah, blah, blah. So I really wasn't starstruck. I was more, um, just appreciative of the fact that the image was, you know, I'm keeping up, keeping up with Andy Bernstein here, my, my former boss on how mm-hmm. he does portraiture. So the fact that I was able to come up with something really sweet, um, for inside sport magazine, um, they, they loved it. They used it on the inside of what they had and then their magazine. And then, um, through NBA photos, they got in contact with me for Philadelphia Inquirer wanted to put it in their magazine, their Sunday magazine. So they used it. And then, uh, NBA photos held on to the photo. And then when Kobe passed away, next thing you know, this thing is like everywhere. Um, and so it ended up on the cover of uh, ESPN, that tribute magazine of him. And so it was like a complete honor to, to be, to, you know, a, a part of that. And it, it, you know, at the, but at the time it's like, don't mess this up. Don't screw, you know, the Mr. Polaroid up. Don't miss, you know, don't do anything mechanically. That would be stupid to, to cause the issue, you know, issue of the, you know, the photo session to go wrong. I mean, we only have like three minutes of the guys. It's not, we have like an hour. This is like yeah. a three minute shot. And so, um, the coolest part of it was I got to bring my nephew and his last name is Bryant, um, Drew Bryant. So I got to bring him to help me, you know, he, he sat in first and he did the, you know, he was the first test dummy first. And so I used <laughs> him, I shot the full rights of him doing it. And then, um, me and my nephew played basketball in high school. So he was all excited to, you know, um, to see him again. Cause he, he actually came with me the first time when I shot the press conference of Kobe at the forum. Um, he was something then too, but this is the first time that Kobe, um, um, Drew and, Kobe got to sit and talk a little bit while I kind of like take, you know, kind of set up a little bit more, but I gave him a chance to like, get, you know, get to know each other for a little bit. And that was really the coolest part about that whole shoot. And then the actual image of it was, you know, pretty nice too. So the yeah. fact that I got to keep it in the family was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, just to think like it's year two of Kobe, right. And he's had so many iconic moments and photos and, you know, just, things that he's done in his career and you see, I mean, there's all different images of him everywhere. And for ESPN to choose that photo that you took, uh, in his second year, I think it just speaks volumes to, you know, how powerful that image was of him just laying down on the court with his head resting on the basketball and it's dark completely around. I mean, it's just, it's such a great photo and, the fact that they chose that one out of all of the images they could have chose. I mean, that's pretty cool, Johnny. I mean, that's, I think that's pretty special. Well, well, another part of that day was, uh, when I, when I found out that it was going to be on the cover, I mean, Andy Bernstein, who like was my, my, my old boss from you know, all the NBA photo days, I kind of learned everything, everything from him, literally everything uh, photographically. Um, and so he called me and told me about it. And, you know, he's, Andy shot every Kobe Bryant photo out there, every dunk, every, you look at the, uh, the 2K Sports now, it's his dunk picture that's going on the cover now. And then yep. the picture, his pictures of Kobe are everywhere and everything. And to have Andy be the first one to tell me this with excitement was really awesome. And then I, I know that, you know, spiritually it's, it was, that was an awesome thing that he did because that night was a shot that he got the picture of LeBron James throwing that really insane dunk this year. And he's hanging in the air for a real low shot, looking up. It's the most, I mean, LeBron even wrote about it. And so that, that to know that that same day, you know, that Andy's, you know, congratulating me on that cover, he gets that 
beautiful photo of LeBron doing that crazy, you know, his legs are all spread out and he's about ready to do a reverse dunk and you just see his face. It's just, it's just I mean, it was just an awesome, awesome day. And it was just well-deserved by Andy because he, you know, he didn't have to give you props. You know, he didn't, he didn't have to do that, but he did. And that, to know that that night when LeBron did that dunk, it would be one of the most iconic dunks of, you know, I've ever seen. It, it, it would be on my wall if, if I ever get a chance to have that on my wall. So, Definitely. You know, you're just so ingrained in the history of L.A. I feel like your images are a part of history and doing a little research about you, finding out how your family has such a huge part of history in L.A. If you want to talk about your grandpa's role. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's my my grandfather, Peter Suhu um, Sr. He passed away before I ever knew him. He died a, you know, a long time ago, long before I was born. Um, but he was the, the founder of L.A. Chinatown. Um, old Chinatown used to be where Union Station is. And so when um, there was no real go-between for L.A. to talk to the Chinese community other than my grandfather. And so he collectively was able to get them, you know, the Chinese residents to um, move to their new location where, uh, I guess, Chinese corporate, there were no, you were not allowed to own land, first off, but because of uh, corporations, my grandfather was able to form a corporation and that's how the residents, uh, the Chinese people were allowed to actually buy property. So it was just uh, to know that it's all kind of relevant now and, you know, seeing how, you know, Black Lives Matter and all the kind of different stuff that has gone on in, in, in within the last, you know, the upheaval from the last, you know, few months here, um, how much um, my grandfather's impact kind of had for the, those Chinese people who were also discriminated against, who were also slaughtered down by, you know, in that, those same areas of Union Station. Um, there, there's such a history of, you know, bad stuff going on. And, you know, the, the, it's just nice to know that it's all being brought back to light here. And now that my grandfather, you know, they, people see that my grandfather was a big part of connecting the L.A. downtown city hall with the Chinese community was pretty uh it's pretty awesome knowing my grandfather was a part of it. My family's a, a main part of getting them to, to be a part of uh, society and try to assimilate in the culture. Yeah, that's really cool. And, and then do you spend, do you get to spend a lot of time down in Chinatown or do you, do you walk well, around, do you walk around there like royalty since, uh, you know, yeah, of course, my, you know, of course people should be bowing at my feet. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, I played basketball down there every Thursday night. Well, whether it wasn't COVID situation, I would play down. I played basketball there for the last, you know, 15 years on Thursday nights. Even after you, well, even while you all playing baseball, after I shoot the anthem and kids take the field, I go play basketball. So I, I'll be down there from, you know, eight to 10. And then I'll go grab dinner at, you know, with my the basketball guys in Chinatown at one of the local restaurants down there, which is our regular routine for the last, you know, 15 years or so. And so I'm down there all the time. I, I'm, um, my family still owns a building down there that, you know, is going to start reopening once all the COVID stuff goes through. Um, but there is a plaque down in, in Chinatown with my grandfather's, you know, face on it. And so I'll go there whenever I try to impress people. <laughs> you're, you're divulging your secrets to your incredible uh, body, John. At your age, you, you stay in shape by playing basketball once a week. That's no, I play twice a week. Oh, twice a week. I'm cutting you short. I play, okay, I play Monday in Gardena. That got cut off too because there's no basketball. There's no basketball to play at all at all in the city. So you can't even play right now. So. Telling everyone your secrets. 
yeah, I, I just blew my, I shot myself in the foot by telling people that I play ball on Monday and Thursday, but whatever. Yeah, they're going to, they're going to come find you. People are going to start showing up with cameras, taking photos of you. Hey, this is bring their game. I, I'll take any comers. They got paid a $5 fee to get in like everybody else does, but Hey, that's for, that's, that's part of it. Oh man. Well, speaking of COVID and things being a little weird right now, obviously with no fans in the stands, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a different season for us and it's probably going to be a little different from you. Uh, I'm not sure how much access you're going to be granted if they're going to let you down around the field or where you're going to have to be to shoot this year. Uh, I do know that you've already, uh, resorted to the skies and jumped on a helicopter (laughs) and, and taken some photos of our workout from, from a helicopter, which was pretty cool. Uh, you told me you were going to be up there and I, got the guys to all wave up at you and you got some good, awesome. good images, but what's it going to be like for you this year um, in a shortened 2020 COVID season with no fans and restrictions? Well, all of this is what it is and I'm taking it with, uh, you know, it, it just, I just, you can't change anything. And so I'm actually not, I'm tier three. You guys are all tier one. I believe staff is tier two. I don't have um, a tier. So I just have tears because I can't be there. <laughs> What's that thing called? A safe at home. You're safer at home anyway. So yes. Shelter I, in I, place. I flew in a helicopter so I wouldn't get you all sick. So I want to make sure if I'm far <laughs> the away. sacrifices you, you exactly. make. Exactly. <laughs> just, just to be far enough away so you, you all can't blame me when you all come down with it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's been really that part. Um, the, the most frustrating part is that I'm those images that you talked about earlier about getting, you know, guys hanging out in the clubhouse or talking in the food room or just, you know, just any along with them, just the behind the scenes stuff is, is not going to get that kind of love this year. And who knows when it kind of comes back again, because, you know, I could see their guards staying up for a long time until, you know, but you know, they, MLB takes care of their own people, their own people are down there and blah, blah, blah. But you know, that, that personal, touch that you see every year when I make those, you know, those, those family books for you guys. Those are amazing. They're, yeah. They, they're, they're done with love and passion and, you know, in, there's intimate moments in there that are, you know, you're not going to see you hugging Bueller in the clubhouse on the last day, you know, you're not going to have that. And so it's a, uh, it's a sad state, but I know where we are. And I know that game day, I can shoot from anywhere in the ballpark. And, you know, I and honestly, any game I can shoot anywhere as long as I have my gear, as long as I know what my, you know, my capabilities, my gear is, I know I'm going to get good shots in between the lines. It's just that all that off the outside the line stuff, I'm not going to get anymore until, you know, things open back up again. I, I get my room back, you know, downstairs where it's been taken over by more testing or, yeah. you know, medical, or whatever. Um, I don't have that access anymore. And honestly, uh, it's, just as well, I and mean, I'm not the you know youngest <laughs> youngest guy out there, so I, I guess I'm more susceptible on paper than anybody else is at 57. So I just assume you know, but I am going to miss all that camaraderie that goes on because honestly, you know, I'm closer to your the family down in that clubhouse than probably my own family when you think about it. You know? yeah, so that, that's the hardest part about all of this. And then you know, it, it, I know the guys feel it too. You all feel it because I, I feel the you know the little sad looks towards me while I'm sitting you know standing in the concourse level of the field level shooting from wherever I'm shooting and I know y'all see me so I, I mean, there's nothing else anybody can do and so and then it, you know then the photos themselves are going to look like you know everybody's masked they might yeah. as well be like stormtroopers you know <laughs> you're yeah. definitely going to be able to look at a photo from this year and automatically know Justin's not going to have to run in the office to check the year on a photo with everyone in there mask <laughs> have you thought about giving or I could actually give Justin the Leica to shoot a little bit 
in the clubhouse to get some some images. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, you know, let me tell you something about the clubhouse, Johnny. You're not missing much. We're, we can't play cards. We are six feet apart. There's no couches. There's no tables. It's just a big empty room, and everyone just kind of sits in their own little spot, and they get their little, you know. We get peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You poor oh thing. How will you make it? I, listen, I'm choosing the peanut butter and jelly <laughs> over the ham and turkey, okay? I love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I'm definitely not complaining. My point is is, is you're really not missing a whole lot right now because... I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. It's, I just know the beast of what it is this year. Yeah. But, you know? Yeah. The, we, got, we had a nice, nice run of the amount of years that we had it good. So it's just a matter of, you know, and that's the whole part of all this, you know, going on is just, Everybody's going to take a hit. I mean, it's, it's going to come, you know, owners going to take a hit, players going to take a hit, everybody's going to take a hit, but it's it's just one year or, you know, however long this is going to last we all, you know, turns it back around again. But, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, keeping your chin up and, you know, keeping keep positive and know if you hit a home run, it'll be covered by, you know, either somebody down there or somebody upstairs and like me. Um, but it's just a different variable of um, imagery this year. So a lot more, a lot more fences in the, uh, the photos. A lot of the grids of the netting is going to be in a lot of photos, and so it's just getting used to all that. Yeah, I think so. everyone's going to have to learn to adapt with and this all the year. different rules involved, and you know, don't go to this area because then we don't want anybody in tone, you know, zone three to contaminate contaminate zone zone two or one. And it's like <laughs> I don't know how you do this. There's, I don't even know how y'all going to travel. I mean, I, I used to love traveling everywhere, y'all, because it was just you know, it was easy, get in, go shoot the game, go back, you know, go back to the hotel, or go to the airport, go to the next one. But, you know, all the precautions that have to be taken now, it's like, you know, how <laughs> I, I understand a bubble, like, you know, NBA bubble, because you're all, they're all locked, locked into that those kind of areas. But I don't know how y'all do this when you're not in a bubble, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that what they're going to do is everyone on the plane obviously will be tested and have to clear before. I mean, I'm speaking of flight attendants and pilots and stuff. So I'm under the impression that that's how that's going to happen as well as the bus drivers, as well as, uh, you know, in the hotel, I don't think there's going to be room service or turn down service. Uh, we'll kind of have like to go box food for us. So it's going to be weird. It's going to be different. Um, it's, it's, you're just going to have to suck it up for a couple months and, you know, live abnormally, I guess. Um, yeah, but, I, I can't even imagine. What about family? I mean, like, poor Courtney can't even go near the ballpark. She, I know. But, you know, <laughs> are you getting tested too, Courtney? <laughs> I am. Yeah, I get tested. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. no, that's great. Yeah. That's they're, great. They're, they're testing the family. So I think like once or twice a week they can come up to the field and, and do a test and they get the results back. Um, but that doesn't mean she gets to come into the field and watch a game. Um, right, right, right. I'm aiming for tier four where I can sit in the top deck and watch the game. I'll bring my own nachos and well, I know I'll a meet lot a of lot of kids. Days. No, you can't bring food yeah. in. You can't bring outside food in. What? Yeah. Well, I'll have invisible nachos and... No, you'll have JT set up peanut butter and jelly, that's all. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Oh, man. Well, before we let you go, I have to say, I was the original Suhu subject before Justin. You found a photo of me from 2009 at a charity yeah, event. Yeah, there you go. See? So I have right. I have a little rank on Justin in terms of Suhu history. <laughs> yeah. Unless we find That's a true. photo of 2009 of somehow of your debut year that 
Sue who shot, but I don't know. Or a Fullerton well, photo. I think I'm the well, OG. I don't see any Fullerton. Yeah, you might be it. That might yeah. be it. And I want to make sure everyone knows, uh, you talked about Clayton having some of your pieces up in his house and, and whatnot, but there's also two pieces, John Suhu pieces up in our house. We have the giant canvas that you gifted us from the 2017 walk-off hanging right outside our, our master bedroom. And then also when we told you you weren't allowed to bring a camera to our wedding, and you still did, uh, you took probably one of the coolest <laughs> shots uh of the church at night and, oh, yeah. and put it in a frame for us and that's that's hanging up in the house too so uh yes. we we love you we we love your work we love seeing all your photos and uh we know how much you care and and how much passion you have for the dodgers and we know you bleed blue with us and i i just hope you know how much we appreciate you and and what your photos and what your work means to us well, I appreciate appreciate you guys to no end, and you know this whole city is you know my home. So anything I could do to be in everybody's home, whether a photo of you know themselves or you know either on a refrigerator or on a mantle or a wall, I, I'll, especially player wise and coaches wise. I mean, I'm I'm known I'm I'm I've done okay. You know, I know yeah. I'm doing right. Yeah, I don't think people realize how lucky they are to have you in LA. And I obviously you're always there at our foundation events as well. When Justin does, you know, visits in the children's hospitals, you're always there. So we definitely appreciate you giving your time. I'll be at any any rib billboard you have ribs will billboard on something <laughs> you ever want. <laughs> we have you have to mention the billboard as well. But Baby blues. <laughs> you're always there without question to help document everything we're doing and so we definitely want to make and sure and i always will and i always will you just it's all the way to the white house when you're ready i all love right. that all right yes well thank you again for your time i know you probably absolutely eager to get somewhere and this is only session something. one so when i when you're ready for session two and all the way on the session 10 you just let me know i'll be back <laughs> we'll definitely have to have you back there's a lot to talk about with you but perfect yes thank you again and looking forward to somehow seeing you I'll see you. During I'll see you at the season. field. Yeah. Justin Just wave. <laughs> Thank I'll wave. You. And give me enough time to wave and take a picture because I can't wave and take a picture at the same time. So I'll, get, I'll give you some wave coming. I'll give you some non posed poses today. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Let's just look off to the side. Like, yeah. Uh, just glaring uh, off in the like, distance. Like Napoleon. Like Napoleon's pose. Let's do one of those. I love it. I'm way taller than that guy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thanks, John. We appreciate you. All right, guys. Thanks, you Johnny. Take care. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. You see what I mean about saying that we could have 10 episodes with him? There's just so much there. I mean, the stories were unbelievable. I, I know a lot about John, and I talked to John a lot. And there was a lot in there that I hadn't heard before. Randy Johnson stories, Mark McGuire, Joe Torrey catching his first pitch. It was wild, you know? Like, he had three minutes to shoot that Kobe photo on the cover yeah three minutes and just hearing you know the history of his family in LA John Suhu is LA absolutely that's just the only way to put it absolutely he I mean he's such an important person you know not just for us but I think for the Dodgers organization I I hope that everyone realizes you know like you said how how appreciated he is for all of his work it's I don't want to say it's thankless because you know, his photos are forever. They're going to be around. They're going to tell a story forever. And you, 
you know, the old cliche, a photo's worth a thousand words and it takes you right back to that moment and the feels. Um, I just hope that, you know, guys are showing him as much love as they should for documenting their careers. Yeah, you think you see a photo and you would assume just a fan would see what's happening in the photo. So I like to have the appreciation. That's why I love hearing the stories behind setting up the photos because it's so much more than just point and shoot. There's so much that goes into it and so much thought. And you hear how he runs around and makes sure he sets up the shots. And for Clayton's no hitter, you know, making sure that he had that image that he wanted to capture. So it's just so much more than just a natural talent. He really does put the work into it. Yeah. I mean, you said it kind of a little bit in the intro when you were talking about your sleighs and I was like, oh, it's just social content. And you're like, no, it's more than that. Yeah. And I hope guys understand that it's more than that too, because obviously, you know, we look forward to getting our email from John at the end of the night and it's full of, you know, two, three, 400 photos and we pick through them and we post them on social media. But I hope guys realize that it's more than just uh, social media content. It's, it's, you know, telling the story of their career and their moments and something that they'll get to have for the rest of their life. Yeah, I think it might take a while for a lot of people. You know, it could be when their career is said and done and they look back on it or they're sharing it with their families and they really realize how good they had it with someone there to capture everything along the way. Yeah, we didn't even get to talk about the photo books that he does for us. That we'll have are them back. Absolutely. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's like a hundred pages of I forget how many things he was there for yeah. throughout the year. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And and you know what it does for me is it, it like puts things like chronologically, like so much stuff like blends together and it's hard to remember right. what year what happened. And it kind of like puts everything back together for me. Oh yeah, that was in 2017. Oh yeah, that was 2014. So it's really cool. So I, I was glad he came on. He He's awesome. And we'll definitely have to have him back to tell some more juicy stories. Ooh, a little salacious gossip from Suhu. Oh, yeah. I love it. Well, thanks again to John Suhu for joining us today. And that's going to be it for us. We will talk to you all next week. See you guys.